mister, you're a star. The one and only is who you are. The moves that you make make a million hearts break. You're a star. Yes, you are. Hey, everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today, I'm joined by Mark Brown with a movie that he chose, kicking off the rest of our series on Pinocchio finally starting to get into some movies that are really one of my favorite reasons for doing this podcast. And not because they're good, though some of them are, but one of the biggest reasons I love doing every version ever is that I find or am introduced to all kinds of obscure and just sometimes straight-up bizarre versions of things. And today we're going to start getting really eclectic with our Pinocchio versions. We've done the most famous one, we've done the most recent few versions to have been released. Now we're going to start getting into the deep cuts. Starting with today's forgotten animated masterpiece, <laughs> well, something anyway, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. This movie is a 1987 filmation production, and it really is one of those perfect examples of an 80s animated fever dream. Half the time I was watching this thing, I had no idea what was going on, and even now, a few weeks removed from when I watched it, I would struggle to explain a lot of the things that happened in the movie. It's kind of something you just have to watch for yourself. Or listen to us try to explain it right now. So, had you seen this before this time? No, I haven't seen it. I had vaguely heard about it. I think I was just looking up filmation movies one day. Like, you know, they're that animation company that kind of gets forgotten even by me. But like, oh, I forget. Oh, they actually made theatrical animated movies. I don't think any of them were particularly good or popular, but they did make them. And I think I came across Pinocchio, the Emperor of the Night, when I looked in the filmography. Like, huh, this looks interesting to check out someday. And then <laughs> you opened a door to allow someday to happen. <laughs> Yeah, there are there are like a weirdly large number of forgotten animated Pinocchio movies. So this is kind of what I wanted. Not this specific one, but this kind of a thing was what I wanted to talk yeah. about when I asked if you had any suggestions for animated Pinocchios. Because, yeah. like, I don't know what it is, but like, there's something about Pinocchio that so many people have taken and they just want to do their own thing with it. And this is definitely somebody doing their own thing with Pinocchio because this none of this has anything to do with the book. Or, the, I mean, it's sort of like they wanted it to be a sequel to Disney, apparently, but I don't, it, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with Disney, except I think some of the voices sound very Disney esque. I think they changed enough stuff to prevent them from getting a lawsuit. So. Well, I, from what I read, Disney did try to sue them, but they, mm -hmm. I think it got thrown out because the book is in the public domain. So, oh, okay, okay. But yeah, the Pinocchio's voice sounded at times very much like the 1940s one, and then the glow bug Willikers. I <laughs> I could have sworn he was trying to do like it was Don Knotts, but I could have sworn he was trying to do a like Cliff Edwards impersonation like trying to sound like jiminy cricket yeah this this is a movie where as soon as i heard the voices i'm trying to figure out who are these people like i'm trying to guess them before looking them up so like when this glow bug g willikers which again like 
Jiminy Cricket G Lickers. Uh, oh, like, I didn't even I, think of that. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> exactly. The, 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 that's literally why I think, you know, they were going to be more blatant about copying Disney. And they're like, oh, no, let's change it a little bit. Oh, not uh, G Willickers. There you go. It's totally different. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't believe anyway. I missed that. That is, that's so perfect. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah. And when he starts talking, I'm like, oh, that's the, that. Sounds like Don Knotts. It's not Don Knotts with a cold or something, but I think he hit the nose on he hit the head, the nail on the head there about um maybe he's trying to do a Cliff Edwards, but yeah. But Pinocchio's voice, I think, is probably uh, one of the better voices I think in this film. Um, I forget what else the guy did who voiced Pinocchio. Well, the the guy who did Pinocchio is Scott Grimes, and as soon as I read that, I was like, wait a minute. I know that name. So I clicked on it and he currently is playing Gordon Malloy in the Orville, which is a sci-fi series that's like currently happening. And I, I actually watch and like that show. I was like, wow, that is so weird that this guy who is like probably in his forties and I'm now listening to him as a little kid playing Pinocchio. (laughs) Do you think he entertains the cast of that show with stories about this time? (laughs) His recording sessions of Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. I yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and like the dad, oh not the dad, well, the dad, Geppetto. Like I am he listened to that. I'm like, okay, that must be Tom Bosley. And uh which led to our side discussion that you brought up about Tom Bosley, <laughs> I guess, doing Geppetto and something else. I don't know if you wanted to tell the folks about it. <laughs> The, there's this weird movie that I discovered called Geppetto's Secret, and apparently it only sort of exists. Like, and I even I even had Nikki Trivial Theater look into this, and then she sent Dan TYTD reviews on a wild goose chase trying to find out if this movie actually exists, and they both came up empty. They, it's we're all pretty sure that it's somehow stalled in production. And then I think at some point they tried to do a Kickstarter to get funds for it, and then it just never materialized. But he, this was Tom Bosley playing Geppetto again, but several years later, like maybe almost 20 years later, I think. Yeah. And the movie just, it, it's bizarre. Like this movie is bizarre <laughs> that we're talking about today with this totally made up story, but this is like on a whole other level. It was like, 3d animation but like bad 3d animation early 3d animation it's like 3d animation that's still in the the modeling phase on blender yeah yeah it's it's like what now would be like a storyboard phase and like that was their final design (laughs) but it's like all of these magical tools the blue fairy who rides a motorcycle has brought to life and they're going to eventually create Pinocchio but in the meantime they're like time traveling do-gooders <laughs> it's like this is the most bizarre idea for a Pinocchio movie I've ever heard and I really wanted to watch it and I'm I'm like I even though I know it's probably horrible I still weirdly want to see this movie <laughs> the weird thing is it had like a lot of voice talent to it like you said like there was yeah. Tom Bosley Rene Albertinois was in it um there are a couple other names I recognize. Like, wow, <laughs> I guess voice actors can't really pick and choose what they want to do. 
Well, the one, I didn't recognize her name. I'll see if I can pull her up. She played the Blue Fairy, and she actually seemed like she was into it. And like one of the things that Nikki sent me when they were looking into it was this website that I think was built while they were trying to get funds for the movie. Claudia Christian? I think so, yeah. She was like the narrator on this whole presentation asking people to help fund movie to get it made so like i think some of them kind of were into it for whatever reason and like people in the behind the scenes stuff that i was watching were praising the script even though the script (laughs) to me sounds like a fever dream time traveling magical tools brought to life by the blue fairy eventually go on to make pinocchio maybe they had a different script than we (laughs) expected from than uh, than what we saw in the trailer I i don't know it sounds absolutely bizarre and that's saying something when we're gonna get into this movie which is also bizarre but this was like a whole different kind of bizarre it reminds me a lot of that um you do you know that animated film called like Rhapsody Kids? Um I know the name, but I don't know yeah, what it is. It 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 it's 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 nefarious because it has incredibly horrible animation and it's like a Christmas movie with like these CG characters, but they look incredibly like models, but it has like um Mark Hamill as as a voice and Jody Benson and uh, <laughs> like so many big voice actors and everyone's like how the heck did they get involved in this I think was it good Critic or did. was it oh it was horrible yeah okay I mean I, I mean I mean i didn't see it but i mean based on everything i've seen it just looks horrible well like part of me Critic did a, a, a thing on that a few years ago part of me wonders if this was may like i'm giving it some severe benefit of the doubt here maybe it was a really good story but and it and it was like hoodwinked because hoodwinked looks horrible, but I love that movie. I mean, it I think like, Hood, hoodwinked looks a billion times better than Geppetto's Secret ever. Looked. That's true. That's true. But it's one of those things where the animation is passable at best, but the script was actually good, and it was hilarious, and the songs were good. Oh, hoodwinked! So, yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I, I loved hoodwinked. It, yeah, it's one of my favorites. So I was like. Maybe, perhaps, Geppetto's Secret was something like that. It's better than we could have imagined from the little bits that we got. But the little bits we got weren't that impressive. So, I'm just just putting it mildly. Like I said, I'm really giving it the benefit of the doubt here. I still would like to see it, but I don't think that's going to be possible. If anyone from the cast or crew of Geppetto's Secret is listening, please contact Jonathan <laughs> North so we can get maybe get an interview or like more an- more answers to our questions. <laughs> yeah, it's just that was a very bizarre rabbit hole that I went down the other day, making notes for this one bizarre Pinocchio movie, and I discover this other only partially created bizarre Pinocchio movie. Because you sent me like you sent me the trailer, and and when I'm watching it. I see on YouTube it's been posted 15 years ago, which is like, wow, very old for YouTube. So I'm thinking, I, I'm sure I would have heard of this had it been released, even if it was yeah, horrible. Probably. So like something, maybe, like you said, it got stuck in production hell somewhere. Yeah, probably. 
but it's it's one of those things where like there's just so many bizarre versions of Pinocchio. <laughs> it was like okay, there's another one with time traveling magical tools and a blue fairy that rides a motorcycle. <laughs> has there been a horror Pinocchio? Like yes. Pinocchio. Oh yes, okay. there has. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't watched it. I don't have any immediate plans, but if I ever run out of Pinocchios, I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> what else is left? We have sci-fi Pinocchio, I guess, with AI. Um, there, there's even there's even more than that. There's one there's called Pinocchio Three Thousand that's looks about <laughs> on par with Geppetto's Secret for the animation. There's another even older one from the '80s called Pinocchio in Outer Space. I mean, even even the Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's one is a World War II story. <laughs> yeah, everybody does their own thing with it. I haven't yet seen one that really faithfully captures the book well beyond the ones we've already talked about we also have some fairly big names in this movie including ed asner as sylvester j scalawag him i was trying to guess i was like this guy this guy's a good voice actor but i can't pick my finger who he was until afterwards and i realized the, yeah, the characters of the cat and the fox have kind of been replaced by this raccoon, raccoon and a monkey. <laughs> and the monkey is Frank Welker. And he's at first I thought he was just going to be like a silent character like the cat usually is. Oh, no. The, then he opens his mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like he's supposed to be some sort of, I don't know, vaguely offensive Middle Eastern stereotype. I'm not sure exactly what they were going for with him. That's what it sounded like at the end. <laughs> so I don't know what they were going for. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I love how Ed Dazzler's character is actually named Scalawag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like all these people at the beginning crowding around him, acting like he's the greatest thing. I was like, it's right there in the name. You're being bamboozled. <laughs> Scalawag's honest liquor. <laughs> Not liquor, elixir. That's what I'm looking for. Elixir. And then the other big name that um, everyone would recognize is James Earl Jones as the Emperor of the Night. I actually did not recognize him at all in that movie until after I saw the credits. I was like, wow, I did not recognize him as James Earl Jones. I I knew that he was going to be in it because I read it, but like his voice mm-hmm. is, it's James Earl Jones. I, I would have known him anywhere. I guess compared to this is... A number of years before Mufasa, so <laughs> yeah, but it was like right in the middle of Darth Vader, so yeah, that's true. This is kind of a step down from Darth Vader. <laughs> the character looked pretty, um, like he was drawn pretty, um, evil, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was a good character design. Like, there was a lot in this movie that was potentially good, but also a lot that just made no sense. <laughs> There's so many plot holes in this whole thing and the whole grumblebee he just he just um he just kind of unnerved me with he's a bee but with like a face of a person on it like yeah uh, like he was like a centaur but a bee like yeah. his top half was a human and then the bottom half was a bee yeah that just kind of unnerved me it was weird i liked his voice i like i like that but no he his just design with us off yeah, I thought he was a pointless character. <laughs> and to some extent, so yeah, was the Glowbug. Yeah, I, I guess the Glowbug was there to be the 
the Jiminy Cricket of the G was yeah. a curse, but when but you he had the B, there he, really was no reason. The 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 glow bug, he was like barely with Pinocchio, like he was separated from him all the time. Like his whole point was like, oh, I gotta get to Pinocchio, I gotta rescue Pinocchio, and then he gets there, and then they get separated again. It's like you could have cut this character, and the movie would have been virtually the same. Like Geppetto is pretty much a pointless character like in the beginning of the movie yeah, after Pinocchio too. runs away we don't see him again until the very very end of the movie and for yeah. so so like yeah, he's yeah. barely needs to be in it so one of the things i didn't understand about this movie it takes place after the events of what we know as pinocchio apparently because pinocchio is, is yeah. a human now he's he's been changed from a puppet into a human by proving himself worthy or being a good or whatever whatever but but it's like it doesn't seem like he's actually learned anything from that he was supposed to have learned, and, and like anything he learns now is mm-hmm. seems to be a brand new lesson of being truthful or or not falling for temptation. So I'm trying to think, what the heck did he actually do in the before this movie to earn being transformed into a real boy? That now he's learning it all for the first time again. So that that, that kind of confused me a little bit. Yeah, everything about Pinocchio and his backstory was confusing. He just it's like that this is the sequel to a movie that was never made and they tried to like I don't really know what they were trying to do, but it was like they were trying to tell the story of Pinocchio after the story of Pinocchio, but they were still trying to tell it again. Exactly. Like a lot of the stuff was like parallel to the things that should have happened in whatever the first movie was that they never bothered making even with a its own monstro which i think was just a floating gambling city (laughs) wasn't it i don't really know (laughs) or float not gambling but like well the kids just did what they wanted to do (laughs) yeah that yeah plus i mean we already said G. Willikers, he's basically Jiminy Cricket. Literally. So yeah. did their version have a cricket in the first whatever didn't happen or didn't get made? Exactly. Is this guess, the second bug? <laughs> the first one left, and this that's why she she made this one from wood. She gave him life instead of giving a, a real cricket. <laughs> he's like, you can't handle a real cricket. I'll give you a wood. Yeah, one but maybe whatever movie came first or whatever would have come first was a more faithful adaptation of the book where he murdered the cricket. So murdered. she was like, you can't squish this one. He's made of wood. <laughs> and he floats. So you can't drown him either. <laughs> and like, there's a scene where, you know, there's the evil carnival and which is um, run by an evil puppet master, Puppetino and Pinocchio gets trapped there. And the Puppetino transforms Pinocchio back into a puppet as punishment. Mm-hmm. So I thought the rest of the movie was going to be about him trying to redeem himself and re- relearn so how I... to be, be yeah, re- regain his humanity. But nope, the blue fairy comes in five minutes later and undoes everything, and we're all back to, back to where we started. Like, like I think there, was, there was no point to that. And then it happens again later on. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... What? Who thought this was a good idea? Like, there's so much in this movie that makes no sense. Like, everything with the the Emperor of the Night, none of his powers make sense. None of his motivations make sense. <laughs> it's 
just I think somebody just had some vague ideas and was like, we gotta get these on paper. And then they just went with the first script that they thought of. Nobody checked it, nobody did a rewrite. Just yeah, we got something. The kids will like it, whatever. Yeah, it could have been like studio interference, like they didn't have time to finish it or something, and we ended up with this. But yeah, I don't know. I think the vague idea of the Emperor of the Night maybe is their take on the coachman because his ship, like it, it has like a living carnival thing, like it grows out of this ship. And then it lures all of the kids in. Like I'm not, and actually, I'm not even sure what the whole thing with that is because he talked about Pinocchio was the only puppet that had ever been a human, but then he had all of these other puppets, and I thought the implication was that he was stealing children and turning them into puppets. Yes, but then he later said that Pinocchio was the only puppet that had ever been a real boy, and that's why he was so important. So I was just confused as to what the deal was screenwriters were confused too i think <laughs> yeah and also what was up with twinkle because they talked like yes. she was just a puppet but then he acted like she was so important and he really wanted to save her and like at the end she becomes a real girl yeah she didn't even do anything too maybe that's how pinocchio became a real boy in the, in the prequel like he didn't do anything and someone just <laughs> wished it and the blue fairy did it Man, that makes a lot more sense than anything else i could think of yeah yeah i don't know and if she was a real human at one point, why did someone name her Twinkle? <laughs> what kind of a name is Twinkle? <laughs> actually, there's actually a, a Bollywood actress named Twinkle, actually. Like, that's her, really? Her, her, that's her birth name. Is yeah. it a stage name? <laughs> no, I think that's her birth name. Twinkle. Is that something in India? Like, is that a, it doesn't no, mean no, something? It, no, it's like just the English word Twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, her mother is named Dimple, so that maybe it, it just they they just kept kept the the pattern. They just like English words, maybe. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> That's like, interesting. I, I, I don't know if you you if you've seen um Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. No, I haven't. I kind of oh, okay. wanted to, and then the terrible reviews started coming in. I was like, it's now no longer a priority. I probably will oh. see it eventually, but oh, I, I liked it a lot. Like much, it's way better than Interstellar. Anything better than Interstellar is good for me, first for Nolan wise. But yeah, I Dimple, liked Interstellar, so maybe I'll like it then. <laughs> oh gosh, well I don't know, man. <laughs> but Dimple Kapadia, she was in in that movie. I think that was one of her first Hollywood movies, if not her first one. But yeah, she's the mother of the actress I'm talking about in Twinkle. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Maybe she watched this movie and loved the name Twinkle. Maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> it could be. When was the real Twinkle born? Pretty sure before the 80s. So there goes that theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the girl's name is Twinkle. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't really know what to think of this good fairy like she's not called the blue fairy in this one she's the good fairy or the fairy godmother even though she's the bluest fairy i've ever seen in a pinocchio film yeah yeah so she needed the name the blue fairy and they didn't give it exactly. to her again i think it's back to the keeping things different on disney when you can't sue us and actually make the case work yeah she will occurs good fairy <laughs> it's not a cat and a mouse it's a raccoon and a monkey <laughs> Total different movie. <laughs> Even though they could have used them because they're in the book as a cat and a fox. That's true. But yeah, the Blue Fairy, 
or the good fairy. I keep wanting to call her the blue fairy. Glinda, I, prob- yes. I probably even wrote that in my notes somewhere, but she is one of the most confusing fairies. Like, I know there's a lot of magical creatures that like speak in riddles and don't give you all the information, but like, there is so much that she could have said that could have just stopped all of this. But instead, she just sings an extremely 80s song about love and freedom and not taking things for granted and then disappears. <laughs> Bring up another point I forgot. This movie was a musical. It had like four songs. Yeah, and it was very 80s. Like very of the times. I don't know what they were, but let's just say I don't remember any of them today. And I watched Me this, like, neither, and ago. I watched it two hours ago. So There we go. <laughs> But yeah, she's the her whole thing at the beginning when she shows up for his first birthday. It's like I was like, what is going on here? Because she's singing this song, and Pinocchio looks at her like he's drunk. He just has the derpiest facial expression as she's singing. <laughs> I was like, this is so bizarre. And then at the end, when she talks about not taking his freedom for granted or he might lose, I was like. This sounds like a very vaguely specific threat because she talks about I'm not getting turned back into a puppet. I was like, what are you planning to do, fairy? He and Puppetine have been working side by side. <laughs> yeah, then Pinocchio says, but who could turn me back into a puppet? And she says, I really must go now. Enjoy your present. <laughs> that was very sketchy. Yeah. Whoa, look at oh, look at the time. Well, must be <laughs> There was so many things like that in this movie. It was like, all we need is just another line of explanation, and you could have fixed whatever plot hole you just created. Nope. And she kept going on about freedom of choice is your greatest power, and use your freedom wisely. I was like, this is such a weird moral that you're trying to like it force into this movie. Like they said it so many times. It was like, they really want people to take this away from this movie, this freedom of choice idea. I guess again, back to my theory, I think they just want to, you know, distance themselves from, you know, choose the right choice in temptation. So they, they yeah. phrase it uh, differently. <laughs> yeah. Freedom of yeah. Choice. yeah. The whole, the whole movie comes about because, Pinocchio is supposed to do this delivery of this jewel box that is like the most expensive thing that Geppetto has ever made. But then the discount fox and cat, (laughs) the (laughs) raccoon and the monkey, (laughs) trick him into trading it for a ruby, which is fake. And then Geppetto gets mad, so Pinocchio runs away from home. (laughs) And that's where he goes to Puppetino and yeah. becomes a puppet again. Yeah. Good for safe, briefly, briefly, briefly yes. becomes a like puppet again. Five minutes at most. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I'm still going to run away, but now I'm going to go find the jewel box. Yeah. So I forget then, what happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> the, in a couple days, I'll have forgotten all of this too, because there was so much that didn't make sense that it becomes forgettable. Except for a few scenes that were like, what on earth was happening here? <laughs> those those specific scenes will stick in my in my head, but we haven't quite gotten to them yet. But yeah, that's also where he met Twinkle, who was just a puppet. But they made they really focused on her. Like you, they really wanted you to think about Twinkle, and uh, to me, it seemed like they want you to assume that she was once a real girl. 
True. And the, they also have this whole side story with Willikers and Grumblebee. <laughs> like, who, oh, thought yeah. of, who thought of this? these names? <laughs> as soon as I saw the character, I, I called him Colonel Bumblebee, like, as a laugh. And then he introduces himself as Lieutenant Grumblebee. Like, oh, okay, I wasn't far off. <laughs> <laughs> I get original. <laughs> Yeah, they're 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 in the movie, but they're not part of the main story. Like they have their own thing going on. Like Grumblebee keeps getting caught in things, and Willikers has to keep saving him. I guess they're the comic relief. Maybe I don't know. Probably. Like at this point, Willikers is trying to find Pinocchio, so he like gets to him about the time that the blue fairy does. I mean, the good fairy. I'm I'm just yes. gonna probably just keep calling her the blue fairy because I think we all that's know who you mean yeah. basically who she is. Literally. And um yeah, he um the Grumblebee, he's voiced by Jonathan Harris, who I know best as the voice of the the mantis in a bunch yeah. of I know he's like a big actor from Days Gone By, but the the yeah. Bugs Life role is the one that I knew best. Gee Willikers, I didn't really as a character, I didn't care one way or another. I think I just liked it just because I liked Don Knotts. So I just liked listening yeah. to him. But like you said, he doesn't really help all that much. Yeah. I mean, I liked Don Knotts, so that was his one saving grace. But other than that, the character was kind of pointless. I think if I remember correctly, this was Don Knotts' first animated film that he did a voice for. And, I, and it was also Edward Ed Asner's first animated film that he did a voice for. That's interesting. Yeah. But Ed Asner, I know he ended up, he made, he made a, a living with doing voices for shows yeah. and movies and stuff. Don Austin yeah. a couple more movies, and I don't think he did many TV shows. I could think, I remember he was in Garfield and Friends, pretty much playing himself. But And who could forget his memorable role as the mayor in Chicken Little? Here, take the keys to the city. <laughs> His last role before he died, poor guy. Well, no, I think he did something else after that, but one of the last roles before he died. What a way to go out. <laughs> no, man. Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night, Chicken Little, <laughs> Tom Sawyer. He never really, let's just say he never was, the. he never made a big animated film appearance. No, I don't think so, because I know any time that I've realized he was in something, it was always something obscure. Yep. There's no starring Don. Starring Don Knotts is the voice of Buzz Lightyear or something. Well, there's one that comes to mind, one that I haven't seen since I was a kid, but one of these days I'll probably do a podcast on it. Uh, and not that it was fully animated, but it was The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Okay, I never... That's, I always wanted to see that, but I never did. I remember watching it as a kid, and then... I forgot that's animated. That's half animated. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then I was... I think I was either reading about it or watching a video about it like a year or two ago. And I was like, I don't remember this at all. This is incredibly bizarre. I can't believe they marketed this to children. I need to watch this. <laughs> I got to see it sometimes. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. I've seen his Disney films he's done as well as... Like uh, the ghost and Mr. Chicken. I I know that title, and that's one that I probably should see, but I haven't watched that one. 
That one was pretty good if I remember correctly. I think you'll like it. The ones I remember him in was the Apple Dumpling Gang. I remember that mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I don't remember much of the movie except for him. The Apple Dumpling Gang returns. I, that yeah, he, he did. I think he did too. And then he was, of course, in... He did a few more live-action Disney films. I keep... <laughs> I keep wanting to call it Andy and Opie. It's the Andy Griffith show. I, did, I don't Andy know why my brain is, is the trying remake to... they're going to make next year. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Exactly. But no, that's his. That's the main thing I know him from. Uh, was the Andy yeah, Griffith yeah. show? But I think that's, that's the main thing movie. everyone knows him from. Yeah. No man, here are the rules. I, I can't do that. That's impression. But <laughs> but like yeah, like in the Ghost Mr. Chicken, there's a few Andy Griffith show actors in that, so you, you'll feel at home. <laughs> I guess some people know him best from the three's company people who grew up in that time but yeah. oh i forgot about that i have and i haven't Skiff. watched a lot of that but i watched a little of that so yes i do know him from that too i don't think i've seen a full episode of it but i've seen like clips i think it was part of a block of like repeats from the 60s and 70s that was on like in the middle of the night and mm. like i went through a phase where i would like either stay up really late to watch all these old shows or I would tape them to watch the next day. The ones that I watched most from that block were Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. So I don't remember if that was okay. part of it or not, but I know it was, there was a, I've, I know I've watched some of it, just not a lot of it. I haven't seen either of those two either, but I, I guess most of the old sitcoms I've watched have been 70s ones, like all the Norman Lear stuff and Barney Miller and, a lot of stuff in the seventies, the sixties. I think I wrote, it's only Andy Griffith show is the main thing for me. Anyways, back to the movie. Yeah, back to Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio. Eventually, he is almost gonna get scammed again by. I keep wanting to say the fox and the cat, but it's the, the raccoon and the monkey. The discount fox and cat, as you call it. <laughs> to me, there was their the characters are basically interchangeable, and I'm sure that's the kind of characters that they were going for. They okay. just made them different animals, and they're going to like double cross him. They're going to like sell him to Puppetino again, but then they feel sorry for him when he saves them from. I guess it's a barracuda. <laughs> The, the oh, like yeah. where's this movie set because i don't think i'm like 99 percent sure barracuda don't live in the rivers of rural italy <laughs> there we go there you go filmmakers how's that for realism there show me a barracuda in the rivers of italy i'll give you your money back maybe they are i don't know but it seemed like a weird choice but anyways, after that, they decide that they're not going to sell him again. Mm. But then it's too late. They are already at the ship, and it, like, sucks them inside. <laughs> and the ship pretty much is a monster. It looks like the whale from the outside. I guess so. I never really thought to of me. it like that. Yeah. But I'm there's so many things that are sort of like that. Like, it's similar enough that yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided that that was going to be their version of Monstro. With their own version of Pleasure Island, I guess. Yeah, so the the neon cabaret. Now that you say eighties thing, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, this there's this whole thing with this creepy gondolier guy. Like he's offering him a ride to the jewel box down a dark path, and then there's this bright, seemingly happy place, the land where dreams come true. 
where he like can get all the toys that he wants and have a great time and <laughs> whatever. It's like all this stuff has happened to him because he went the wrong way. You would think he would have learned by now, but no, he wants to go to the neon cabaret and drink suspicious green liquid that will make you feel great. Trust me. <laughs> I think he's at this point, I think he's getting drunk because he starts yeah. seeing things, including Twinkle. And then he wakes up on this stage where there's all these cheering fans calling for him. And he's like dancing in some sort of hallucinogenic <laughs> drug trip. I don't know what's going on. I think all these obscure 70s, 80s animated movies had one hallucinogenic drug scene <laughs> in them. But this one was weird because I think other people can see it too. Because Scalawag and... I, we didn't even say the monkey's name. The monkey's name is Igor. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Igor, but pronounced Igor. <laughs> Igor, Ugor, Uigor. I wondered if they actually knew how to pronounce Igor or if they just saw the word and thought it was pronounced Igor. <laughs> I don't know. Me. But they, they decide they're going to rescue him from this. I think because they can see all these things that are happening, I think. And then they'd like dress up as the dancers because there's like these sparkly dancers. But they did, they just reminded me of the scene in Mulan, the, the concubines, oh, oh, ugly yeah. concubines. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head when they jumped up on stage in those dresses. It's like, I don't know who they were trying to trick, anyways, because. Like, I don't know how much of that was even real. Like, I'm I'm very confused by everything that happens in this whole scene. But anyways, this Puppetino character comes back, and he's joined by the, the boatman, who is also a doorman, and then uh, the uh, ringmaster from earlier. And then he turns into this giant thing with four arms, like he's this massive wizard demon called the Emperor of the Night. Finally getting to what our title is about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they they are like demanding that Pinocchio sign this contract that will make him a puppet again. And this, this is where they talk about him not being like the other puppets because he's the only one that has been a real boy. Which it seems like they were insinuating otherwise. But like I said, I'm very confused by most of this. <laughs> And he ends up locked in a cage because he won't sign it. And Scalawag... This is also where, where we see Geppetto again, finally, from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, right after this. Okay. Because Scalawag and Igor are in this cage also, and they tell him that the Emperor gets his power from those who fall prey to their own temptations. And they say that every time someone gives up their freedom, he gets stronger. And if <laughs> And if the only puppet in the world to ever gain his freedom were to lose it, it might destroy the good fairy. And I was just like, what? How do you go from this to this? <laughs> I don't understand the logic of this weird magic. It's a lot of, a lot of steps. A lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is where you find Geppetto again, because they get sent okay. for... And yeah, the emperor is again demanding they the sign. Order, though, I know, I know. There's, <laughs> it's so convoluted. The, the both of these scenes could have been combined into one, but instead they had to have this intermission where they're in a cage for some reason. 
explain, you know, the, uh, the yes. losing the freedom thing and destroying the good fairy thing. Yes. And Pinocchio is still refusing. So they, they act like they're going to give him his jewel box, and let him go free along with Twinkle for some reason. Uh, but then they reveal that Geppetto has been shrunk down and is now living inside the jewel box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it makes as much sense as anything else. <laughs> And as soon as he sees this, he immediately offers to sign the contract as long as the emperor frees everybody. So he signs it. He gets changed back into a living puppet. But then the emperor was apparently lying, of course, which Gosh. enrages Pinocchio. And he starts glowing blue for some reason. And he asks the emperor, if he's so powerful, why make him sign a contract? Which is just like, that's what I was thinking the entire time in both of these scenes. Like, why is this contract so important? But then you get back to the thing the Blue Fairy was talking about, because the emperor says that it's because only he can choose his fate. So Pinocchio says that he chooses never to see him again, and then all the other people do the same thing, and they say that they choose what happens to them. And the emperor is like shrinking and yelling, "How dare you defy me!" Like, why is why? why? I don't understand why any of this works. I think someone in the writers' room said, "Hey, why does if he's so powerful, why does Pinocchio need to sign a contract?" And no one else could think of a reason why, <laughs> and they just threw that into the movie. <laughs> Like okay, well, well, I'll just will will it that you know we're gonna send it up to you, and that destroys him. Yeah, makes sense as we expect. Well, I mean, it gets weirder before he's fully destroyed because the good fairy is like speaking. I think she's just a voiceover at this point. She says that he needs to always remember that freedom of choice is his greatest power, and then <laughs> they they say they're gonna leave this terrible place and go home where they belong. And the emperor's like, because Pinocchio was glowing blue this whole time. And he's like yelling, no, keep the blue light away. Stop him. And Pinocchio says, it must be the power of my fairy godmother. Wow. <laughs> and then the emperor's like zapping everything. And like the whole place is crumbling around them. And they're all running. And Pinocchio grabs Twinkle on the way out. And then the emperor turns Puppetino into a puppet, and then I think he explodes. Because <laughs> after this, like the entire ship is on fire, and they're all trying to get out, but then the neon cabaret appears again, and then they get lost in a maze of doors and hallucinations. <laughs> and I'm like, this is why people say that movies from the 80s are like being on drugs, <laughs> because this was so bizarre that none of it made sense. <laughs> And then Pinocchio uses his lying powers <laughs> to make his nose oh, yeah. grow. It's like all, half the movies I've seen recently with Pinocchio, like they use his nose as a superpower. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the Guillermo del Toro one did it, but I, I first, everything that I didn't like about the Robert Zemeckis movie that the Guillermo del Toro did also I forgave. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I, I felt hypocritical, but like it was, they did it so much better, so I could forgive it. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, they do it here too. He has to open a door with his giant nose, and then Grumblebee <laughs> Willikers show up to lead them out of the place. And the emperor like bursts out of the ship, says Geppetto was going to pay for Pinocchio's actions. And then Pinocchio 
like turns into a blue orb and runs at him, and apparently that kills the emperor. <laughs> yes, yeah, I forgot all that. <laughs> None of this made any sense. I was just like, "What is happening?" And I probably said that multiple times while watching all of this unfold. What is happening? And then everybody wakes up on shore. Geppetto is his original size. Pinocchio's a real boy again. Twinkle is a real girl, and she says, I'm free! <laughs> and then the fairy appears, and he says, Fairy godmother, it was you! You fixed everything! And she says, No, it was you. You were willing to sacrifice yourself to save your father. <laughs> it's like, that... It, it, Okay, Pinocchio was, like, all-powerful then, because all of this stuff should not have been able to happen because one boy was selfless. <laughs> and then she gives Pinocchio the jewel box and tells Pinocchio he doesn't need her anymore and disappears. Not to be seen again until it's Geppetto's secret. <laughs> Where she's riding a motorcycle. <laughs> and that's basically the end. Don't forget well, Grumblebean Willikers. Yeah, he makes Willikers a member of the Royal Airbugs, and then everybody skips off into the sunset. <laughs> He's about to leave, and then he changes his mind and comes back, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the movie. <laughs> this movie was hilariously weird. One scene we didn't talk about, but it, you know, it's one of the generally matters scenes is with Grumblebee and Willikers at Grumblebee's like hometown. That's been attacked. Oh, by fighting this frog. the giant kaiju <laughs> frog. <laughs> I mean, it's a kaiju so, to the bugs. Pretty much. Yeah, that, I that I was, did forget to talk about that, but yeah. it was very inconsequential to the story as a whole. Exactly. That's the only thing I could think of that we missed. But yeah, that's Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird. Did I recommend it to anyone? No. <laughs> no, I mean. If you're wanting to watch a weird movie from the 80s, knock yourself out. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel you can find other ones that <laughs> that's true. Okay. It, it reminded me of, I don't know why it reminded me of this. Uh, I think it's called We're Back, a Dinosaur Story. Okay. I don't know why it reminded me of that. It's just a lot, probably the fact that it was just a weird movie that made no sense. <laughs> that, that movie had amazing animation, please. It also had kind of a weirdly good voice cast, and I'm sad that it was Julia Child's only vocal role because I want more Julia Child. <laughs> it was Julia Child's only film role, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think she ever it did. might have been. It probably <laughs> was. But I grew up loving her, so I wanted more. And I was sad that she had to be in this <laughs> terrible movie. It, the question I have is like, how? Um, I don't think I, I saw it a few years ago and maybe seven years ago and I didn't I didn't dislike it. I thought it was okay. But I I, I just want to know how she got involved in that project. That was always interesting to, to me. Know. Like like celebrities who do voice roles and like like only one voice role in a movie. I always want to know how the heck did they, did that idea come up? Like there's a there's a South African animated film, I forget the name of it, but it had Desmond Tutu as a voice. <laughs> In as one of their characters, really? and to me, 
to, yeah, to me, that's like, I don't know, asking the Pope to voice a character in your film. I, I don't know. Like, that's, <laughs> that I'm sure would be he has great stuff. if they could get a Pope to do, a, do an animated voice. <laughs> hey, Pope Francis, I know you're busy and all that, but we got this movie here. <laughs> need someone to play the father. Can you do it? <laughs> that would be hilarious. So that's the only question I have. It's like when, like, how do they get them when they do those? Like, singers, I can understand because usually you get them to help with the songs, like Glenn Campbell mm-hmm. and Don in a, a Rockadoodle or Roger Miller and Robert Robin Hood. But Julia Child, I, <laughs> nah, nothing gets her. I just don't know who that is. Yeah. Or getting, I don't know, like a Bill Clinton to voice a character or something. Like, okay. I mean, he seems more likely than Julia Child. I don't know why. It just it seems more likely that you would get somebody like him to do something before Julia Child. Probably way more expensive. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. It was just so bizarre when I found out that she was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, how do we get on? I that? guess my question I had for you is, what do you? Based on just this movie, what do you think you would want to check out Filmation's other films? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I I may not like the movie itself, but I'm glad I watched it just because I like it. I like it more for the historical significance. Yeah. Like, not that it was historically significant, but like, just I like just watching old obscure animated films. That's not the reason that I want to start my animation podcast is just to give me an excuse to watch more obscure stuff that I would never watch otherwise. Yeah. Like even if it's terrible, I still like talking about them. (laughs) No, it's fun. That's why I like do these with you too. But yeah, I would, I would want to watch the rest of Filmation's films, but not, not based on this movie. I just previously wanted to watch their films, but this movie, I don't think I'd watch this movie again. <laughs> no, probably not me either. Once was enough. But they have like ha- Happily Ever After. That's something I wanted to watch, which is like a, yeah. you know, a Snow White, White thing. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, that's on my, eventually I'll probably do Snow White for every version ever. And that's one that I will have to do. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of animated Snow Whites as well, like cheap ones. A lot of dollar store ones. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Like any any Disney movie probably has at least a handful of dollar store ripoffs. That is true. Scientifically engineered to trick grandma into buying it. <laughs> I guess they make enough money to keep making them. They they have a horrible well, they budget. Did. So some some of them, a lot of those companies I think have gone under. <laughs> so okay, well, no surprise there. <laughs> I mean, when one goes under, another pops up, so it's probably the same people. <laughs> that, is, that is also true. But yeah, um, no, Pinocchio, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about Pinocchio and Perfect Night. I'm, I always wanted to see it. I'm can't, glad it's a big word, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I, I saw it, and yeah, I don't think I'll see it again. <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm glad I watched it for this. I wouldn't watch it for my own entertainment, but I'm glad I've seen it. And there you go. Yeah, I don't think I'll be watching it again. <laughs> Disney's 1940 Pinocchio is still the best to me, and that's the one I watch. 
I think my favorite right now is the Guillermo del Toro one, but okay. yeah, there are, there are, I mean, I was going to say there are plenty of other good Pinocchios you could watch instead of this, but there kind of aren't. <laughs> no, there aren't. <laughs> I mean, there That's... are other good ones, but there, are, there, there aren't many. There I am are. finding out that they're kind of few and far between because most of the ones that I've seen are ones that I would not watch again. <laughs> I guess this is a question I have for you. Um, is there any story that you've seen multiple adaptations of in which you think all the adaptations of them are bad and there hasn't been a good adaptation of that story? I think I wouldn't say bad. And this is one mm-hmm. I have not done for the podcast yet, but there has not yet been a, an amazing version of a wrinkle in time. There hasn't been okay. that many made, but, True. and like, I like the mini series one well enough but it wasn't the greatest adaptation. And then the recent Disney movie was sort of good, but it was like really different from the book. Yeah, way more forgiven of that than I was. <laughs> and they also cut out Ant Beast, and I was really mad about that. So it was fine, but it wasn't great. I, I really want a good, really good adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time, and I haven't okay, got it that's, yet. That's a, good, that's a good answer, yeah. Maybe not one that all of them are bad, but one that it really hasn't been a good, uh, amazing adaptation of. Yeah, that's that's the one I can think of right now. I would say there's more ones where most of the versions aren't very good. Yeah, rather than all of them. I'm trying to think if there's one for me. Oh, okay, um, maybe Animal Farm. I don't think I've seen a really good Animal Farm. That might be my answer. Yeah, that's probably true. Because I've seen, I've seen that, I've seen the animated one from the 50s from britain i don't remember it much but i remember not like being in love with it and i've seen the nine a 90s version with pete postlewaith as the uh the farmer i forget who the manual voices were but i remember not liking that so much either i remember being traumatized by the pig head in the fridge yeah i don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing i remember of that because it was so horrifying Ouch, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure it'll be fine now. That is what I want to do eventually, because I know they're, I think they're working on a new version. So Andy Serkis has been working on on it for a while, but I think he had to put it on hold. I think he recently went back to it again. He he could probably make a good one. But yeah, I guess that'll be my answer. I haven't seen a good, a really good, and or a good Animal Farm. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite stories too, so. There we go. (laughs) Well, I guess that will be the end of this episode. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Sure, you can check out my blogs, The Animation Commendation, at theanimationcommendation.com, where I um, post uh, animated-related movie reviews, um, top 13 lists, and host my own Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Animation Disney Game Show. Or you can also check out my live action Disney project at mylifeactiondisneyproject.com, where I'm trying to watch and review every single theatrically released Disney film ever made. Uh, This year will be the 10th anniversary of that blog, and I'm still going, so check it out thanks and you probably still have a ways to go too <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm definitely nearer the end than i was 10 years ago but yeah it's still there's <laughs> still a while of it to go they don't keep making them faster than you can review them sadly <laughs> like, if you just hold up for like a year or so that'd be great 
Oh, I guess you could also follow my um, blog, Instagram at the.nm.com. Okay. Well, until next time. Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.